What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We talk Penn State football here all year round, and I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here, as always, continuing the conversation in the offseason. As you know, the offseason, there's always something to talk about, and today we're going to talk about the decision of defensive coordinator Brent Pry to stick around with the Nittany Lions and not pursue that opportunity that's still sitting out there in Michigan State to be the next head coach. We'll talk a little bit about that again in today's podcast. And I'm also going to dive into something I wrote for Athlon Sports, where we ranked the various rosters around the Big Ten, and we'll see where Penn State stacks up against the competition. It's not too unfamiliar territory for anyone who's been following along for a while, but I'll dig in with some of my thoughts and some of the comments we had on that story going into the 2020 season. Of course, we want to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps such as Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. We're on all of them. We're not exclusive to any one podcasting app like some podcasts out there. So make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcasting app you may be using for free. And of course, if you want to help support us a little bit more, you can spend a free moment of your time whenever you have the convenience to leave a rating, leave a review. We appreciate the feedback and it does help grow the show on those various podcasting apps. So help us out in 2020 in the offseason. Now's a great time to get started in supporting the show and spreading the word about us moving forward. We also want you to be a part of the show, so make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with today's episode. So earlier this week, we discussed a little bit about the ongoing job search that's being conducted by Michigan State to find their next head coach. As you know, Mark D'Antonio resigned after 13 years as the head coach of the Spartans last week, and Michigan State has quickly been trying to find their next head coach. The timing of it all was pretty weird because it came on the eve of the second national signing day last week, and you can figure that with the coaching carousel pretty much having come to a rest this offseason, Now's not a great time to be looking for a head coach because a lot of head coaches have already set their mindset on what they're going to be doing for the upcoming season with their current programs. And that certainly seems to be the problem that Michigan State has been running into as the search has been continuing to go on. Now, I don't know how legitimate some of these offers have potentially been for some of the head coaches that have withdrawn their names from consideration. But we've seen Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi, Matt Campbell of Iowa State, uh, Mel Tucker of Colorado, all take their name out of consideration. And again, I don't know how serious some of those guys were being considered, but Pat Narduzzi, you can certainly have uh, expected to be one of the, the leading candidates for that job, considering his history with Michigan State as a defensive coordinator under Mark D'Antonio. Matt Campbell is just a coach that continues to be on the rise. He just feels like a really good fit uh, for a program like Michigan State. Mel Tucker, I wasn't quite sure exactly where he fit into the conversation, but he put out a statement with the AD from Colorado saying that he was going to be sticking around in Boulder for at least the next season, uh, sticking with the Buffs going into next year. So uh, it seemed as though Michigan State just continued to be striking out left and right. 
And again, as we discussed on Monday's episode, Michigan State was making a push for Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, another guy that was one of the early favorites to be the next head coach, given where he is in the coaching pedigree right now, doing a fantastic job at Cincinnati, obviously has experience at Ohio State, uh, knows the Big Ten very well, and could certainly step right in and fit right in with the Big Ten. Now, of course, uh, Luke Fickle was the the big fish in the pond, it seemed, and now he is saying that he's going to be at Cincinnati. So, again, as sort of as I mentioned, there was the idea that maybe Brent Pry, the defense coordinator for Penn State, was going to be one of the next potential targets for Michigan State. Well, again, I don't know if that will be true or not, but Adam Rittenberg of ESPN put out on Monday, I think it was, that he is that Brent Pry is going to stay at Penn State, so that kind of put to get put the end uh, to any kind of speculation that maybe Brent Pry was going to be a potential target for Michigan State. Now, again, I will never say never when it comes to coaching searches. Uh, I've been fooled before, and I will definitely uh, try not to fall into that trap again. So it, we should move forward with the expectation that Brent Pry is going to be staying at Penn State, certainly as the d- defensive coordinator for the 2020 season. His name certainly feels as though it could be on the radar, though, in the next round of the coaching carousel. And again, this is um, a good problem to have, in a sense, because you have a lot of coaching turnover under James Franklin, but you look to see the opportunities that his coaches, his assistants are getting. They're usually all kind of moving up. Now, they have parted ways uh, on their own with some assistants here and there. Matt Line Grover, of course, being one of the most recent ones, the offensive line coach who I believe was reported to be going to Michigan as an analyst of some sort for Jim Harbaugh. So um, not too shocking there. But this is a, this is kind of the situation that James Franklin has built Penn State into being a program that continues to be growing, and he's getting good quality assistance. And I've discussed this before. He has an eye for talent when it comes to the coaching staff. You know, Obviously, there have been a couple misses, John Donovan, but uh, for the most part, the assistancy he has brought in have been pretty good quality. And I think that that's something that you can rely on going into next season. And the fact that Brent Pry is going to be sticking around, that's one less headache you have to deal with this offseason as far as uh, coaching turnover is concerned. Because like I said, this is a tough time right now to be going out and finding new coaches because you just signed your latest recruiting class. You're very close to starting up spring practices off season conditioning is already going on and everything. So, uh, you know, the assistants are always going to be moving around this time of year, but the less you have of that right now, the better moving forward. So Penn state getting a chance to keep Brent Pry in happy Valley is certainly comforting at this point in time. We'll see what happens in the next round of the coaching carousel, of course, because like I said, now it looks like Brent Pry is certainly on some radars out there and if he has another successful season he could very well be the next uh, analyst or i'm sorry the next coordinator to leave for a potential job so we'll see what happens but i do think that it's going to be something that we just kind of keep keeping an eye on what happens with michigan state because it looks like they're not going to get luke fickle you know things could potentially change you never know uh maybe pat narduzzi comes back into the mix if michigan state says hey we really want you right now um you know we're we're really running out of ideas what can we do to make it happen that possibility is always going to be out there but uh i think we're going to have to keep a close eye on to see where michigan state goes there are still some good candidates out there to be had uh but i i'm very curious to see 
just how many names are going to keep themselves out of the conversation. And I think the one thing to keep in mind is there have been some negative headlines about Michigan State and D'Antonio's resignation coming at the time that some of those headlines have been floating around isn't all too surprising. And maybe that's what's keeping some coaches from accepting the opportunity to be the next head coach at Michigan State. The one guy I think should be the head coach at Michigan State, though, and maybe I'll talk a little bit more about this, Brett Bielema. I've been on the Brett Bielema bandwagon for a while now. I think he would be uh, really fun to have back in the Big Ten, certainly having him in the Big Ten East. But you throw him at Michigan State going up against Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, that'd be a lot of fun. And let's be honest, Brett Bielema, you can say what you want about him, but man, things are pretty fun when he's involved. And I think Penn State fans would agree to uh, having some fun with Brett Bielema if he did come back into the mix here in the Big Ten. But we'll see where Michigan State goes from here. Bottom line is, Brent Pry looks like he's sticking around in Penn State for at least the 2020 season. Now that we're past National Signing Day and the recruiting classes around the country are pretty much locked in, there's probably still a couple changes here and there that'll happen. We'll obviously have players transferring from one place to another between now and the start of the season, especially over the summer, but because this is a busy time for the transfer portal, as you have been paying attention, uh, transfer portal season really never ends, but this is a very busy time for the transfer portal right now. Spring semester, as we go through spring practices and we come out of spring games, we'll probably see some more activity, try to pick up the pace a little bit. But for the most part, the rosters that we're going to see in the fall are pretty much assembled uh, for, for the most part, you know, for Penn State and for other teams around the Big Ten, around the country. Uh, the rosters are pretty much set in place and ready to go as we get forward with uh, spring practices that are going to be starting up, going through the whole spring regimen, the off-season conditioning, all that good stuff. So now over on Athlon Sports is a pretty good time to kind of catch up on where teams stand in the off-season. And one of the things that I've been fortunate to be asked to do the last couple of years is analyze the roster rankings for the Big Ten. Now, I will admit the, the roster rankings are actually ranked for me and I kind of react to them, but I do feel like I have some insight on what's going on around the Big Ten because we've been talking about recruiting uh, a number of times. And we, as we discussed previously on this podcast, Ohio State is the team that everybody is chasing. And there's a reason for that. It's because they have the best cumulative talent around the roster offense defense they have playmakers everywhere you can go and if you want to be the team that dethrones Ohio State you're going to have to get some of those same kind of playmakers and you're going to have to get uh, talent on their defensive line your offensive line because if you don't have any pressure there or any protection there you're not going to be able to do anything <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're just trying to beat Ohio State you have to beat teams by dominating on the line of scrimmage first and foremost because if you don't my goodness things get bad in a hurry one way or the other but that's actually one area where Penn State has particularly been pretty consistent with especially on the defensive line I think the offensive line is still kind of getting caught up and trying to raise that bar every year and I think that it's still kind of a work in progress and obviously we see this year we've got an offensive line coaching change so we'll see if Phil Troutwin uh, is able to raise that bar and get this offensive line to perform to the way that I think Penn State is trying to set a standard uh, when it comes to offensive line. But there's no question that James Franklin, through recruiting, has assembled a good amount of roster talent. Now, say what we will about the last couple of years, we've seen some five-star players transfer to other schools. 
Um, we, we've seen the transfer portal be pretty busy this this offseason in particular. So it is one thing to bring in the talent. It's another thing to keep the talent and develop the talent. Uh, but I think what we're seeing now at Penn State is uh, you know, maybe it's the, the coaching roster, the coaching turnover. Maybe that's something that plays into it. Maybe it's just the fact that some positions are starting to look a little deeper than maybe initially perceived. And that's a, that's a thing that happens at a lot of programs. Uh, Alabama has players transfer. You know, every, every successful team is going to have players transfer because maybe they're not going to be able to get the kind of playing time they were initially sold on potentially getting when they're going through the recruiting process. But you know what? Let's not get into why players transfer. I've always said, you know, let the players decide where they want to go. But let me get back to what we were writing about for Athlon Sports, which just went up the other day, the ranking of the Big Ten's college football rosters in 2020. And I like the way that Athlon does this. And I'm not just saying this. I really do like the way that they, they chart it out for you. They will rank the the rosters from top to bottom. So in the Big Ten's case, you got number one all the way down to number 14. And it'll show you the recruiting and the roster rankings on a year-by-year basis. For example, Penn State coming in with the number 15 recruiting class this uh, current season, uh, class of 2020. So Penn State comes in at number 15, uh, one spot behind Michigan at number 14, and Ohio State's coming in at number 5. But it'll go back through 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016. It'll show you all of those recruiting rankings. Then it'll average those together. And it'll give you the win the win and loss record throughout those past seasons, going back to the earliest uh, recruiting cycle that they'll keep track of here. And it'll t- show you the conference record too. So it's pretty interesting. I, I, think, I think it is. And like I said, everybody's chasing Ohio State. So let me kind of break this down for you. Ohio State's got recruiting rankings of Number five in 2020, number 14 in 2019, but it was also a smaller class that Ohio State brought in. They've had the second ranked class in 2018, second ranked class in 2017, 16th ranked class in, I'm sorry, fourth ranked class in, in 2016. That averages together to a 5.4 average. And their win loss record over that span has been 61 and 7, including a 40 and 4 mark in Big Ten play. So, there's a pretty good disparity between Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State. Michigan and Penn State are jostling for that second position behind the Buckeyes in these rankings. Now, Michigan's got the upper hand as far as these averages are concerned going into this season. But I think uh, as we move along, we'll kind of see that Penn State's actually been pretty successful. <laughs> I don't think you know, I need to sell you on that idea. Michigan has always been a strong recruiter. They always will be. Jim Harbaugh, say what you will about him. He knows how to bring in talent for what he's trying to do. And they do bring in talent. They've got the 14th ranked class this year. They've had the number eight class in 2019, 21st ranked class in 2018, and then the fifth ranked class in 2017 and 2016. It averages out to 10.6. But their overall record has been 47 and 18, including that 32 and 12 Big Ten mark. Penn State, of course. We're going to talk about the Nittany Lions. Um, they've they've been pretty consistent within the top 20. They had the fifth-ranked class in 2018, but everything else has been between 13 and 19. It averages out to 13.4, so there's still a few spots behind the Wolverines. But the win-loss record, 49-17. and 17. So they've got two more wins, one fewer loss than Michigan over the, the last five seasons, or I guess the last four seasons, according to these numbers. 
they've had the same Big Ten record. That's the one problem. <laughs> Obviously, Penn State does have a Big Ten championship in that mix, and they won the Fiesta Bowl. Michigan doesn't have some of those signature wins. Now, James Franklin, Jim Harbaugh have had some similar hurdles that they've been trying to clear. But overall, Penn State is in a really good spot because the next spot down is Nebraska. They average at 21.6. So you can start to see there's already some separation here as far as roster rankings are concerned. So if you want to check these out, I highly encourage you to do so. I will share this on the Locked on Nittany Lines uh, podcast uh, Twitter feed uh, at Locked on Nittany. I'll put this out there so you can check it all out and dig into the numbers yourself. But it is pretty, uh, I think, good news to see that Penn State is bringing in some of the top talent in the Big Ten as far as the conference is concerned. Obviously not quite to Ohio State's level, but they're right on par with the kind of talent that Michigan's bringing in. And there's still some good separation between where Penn State is compared to the next school down, which is Nebraska. And you've seen how they've been successful or not so successful on the field. Uh, Nebraska's followed by Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, there's a pretty good disparity between the top schools in the Big Ten as far as roster talent is concerned. I think Ohio State's always going to be that strong recruiter. I think Michigan's always going to draw in some of the top talent. But Penn State's right in the mix. And I think that's what these numbers are starting to show. And you start to see the the win-loss record. It's not quite where Wisconsin's is, but it is very good right now. So again, say what you will about some of the, the shortcomings that Penn State has had, but there's no question that they are bringing in some of the best talent in the Big Ten outside of Ohio State. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans just like you. But what you may not know is that Locked On Nittany Lions is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Penn State fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, but a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Penn State fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. So once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. We're going to close out this edition of the podcast by answering a couple of your questions that were submitted on Twitter. And I did get a little desperate, so I kind of opened up the playbook and said, hey, it doesn't have to be about Penn State. It doesn't even necessarily have to be about college football. But fortunately, I got two questions that came in at the last second that were about college football. They're not specifically about Penn State, but it's kind of on topic because the first question that was thrown my way was from Matt Foreman on Twitter, who says he wants to know my thoughts on the Michigan State opening. Well, I did kind of address that earlier on, and it's going to be something that we're going to keep a close eye on. But the bottom line is, the longer this search drags on, the more I think that Michigan State really should start to consider Brett Bielma. And the reason I say that is because he had a lot of success at Wisconsin, kind of program that I view would have a lot of similar advantages or potentially challenges in terms of building a program and building something that can win. I do believe that Brett Bielma, when he went to Arkansas, he was kind of in over his head. His philosophy and his tendencies that worked so well at Wisconsin and still continue to work pretty well didn't quite translate 
to success at a program like Arkansas, where you're going up against Alabama, LSU, and Auburn just for starters. I just feel like I think Brett Bielema was able to get away with a lot of the things that he did at Wisconsin because of the level of competition. And this is not a knock on the Big Ten. This is not something that's going to hold the SEC up on a pedestal. But I really do feel as though the Big Ten is a little bit more tailor-suited for success the way that Brett Bielma is able to achieve it. And I think that if Brett Bielma were to go to Michigan State, I think it would certainly be a really good, comfortable spot for him to get back to being a head coach. And I think he would be in one that would really embrace that role. And he could make Michigan State pretty uh, tough once again. It's still going to be hard to get Michigan State to be at the top of the Big Ten when you've got Ohio State. You still have Michigan, who I think is very capable of being at the top of this division, top of the conference on a regular basis. And to be fair, they've been pretty up there for the most part during Jim Harbaugh. And of course, Penn State, I think, is in real, really solid position for years to come as well. But I think that Michigan State, I think if you go with what worked with Brett Bielma with running the football and the way that they did play some defense – uh, when he was there, I, I think he brings a little bit of a, I don't know if edge is the right word, but I do think that he would be the right kind of guy to to really continue uh, making Michigan State a, a problem for a lot of teams. And I think that's probably the best way I can describe it. I, I just feel like Brett Bielema is going to be a head coach again someday. So why not at Michigan State, I, a team that is in the Big Ten. It's a conference he has had success. It's a conference he knows how to win. And I think that it is the certain, certainly the, the best kind of program that would uh, benefit from having him as a head coach. So if he's looking to become a head coach, uh, if he doesn't want to wait around any longer, I think Michigan State needs to make that call. Plus, I just think it would be so much fun to have Brett Bielema and Jim Harbaugh going back and forth with each other because you know that they would. Brett Bielema can get under people's skins, and uh, he would be in a pretty good division to get under some people's skins. So that would be pretty fun for me, and I I think it would be a lot of uh, entertainment to come if Brett Bielema were to come back to the Big Ten and uh, be the head coach of Michigan State. So that's just where I stand on it. I've said Brett Bielema from day one. I feel like he's a guy that's going to be a head coach again someday. I don't think the Arkansas experience is going to turn too many people off. You know, everybody comes back at some point, and I think Brett Bielema is going to do the same. So I say go to Michigan State. Other question comes from Dylan Goldman, who wants to know the most improved team in each P5 conference. That's going to be one I'm going to rattle through right now uh, and just kind of off the top of my head. So let's just go from coast to coast. Certainly in the Big Ten, I got to say Minnesota. I think P.J. Fleck has done a tremendous job in building that program. I don't know how long P.J. Fleck is going to stick around, but that Minnesota team was really good last year. You know, Penn State saw it. That is a team that should not have been taken lightly. I don't think that Penn State did take them lightly. I think it was just a bad spot for Penn State to be in when they played that game. But I think that P.J. Fleck, uh, he's got a lot of energy, and I think that's transitioning into Minnesota, becoming a team that could potentially win that Big Ten West. I'll still take Wisconsin in the division, but Minnesota is certainly the most improved team, not just in the Big Ten West, but I think the Big Ten overall. In the ACC, it's really hard to say because it's Clemson and everybody else. I don't really know which team I would say is the most improved. I think there's a lot of teams that took some steps back. I think Louisville, though, is probably the program I would go with, and I think we're going to see a a pretty big year out of Louisville Cardinals uh, upcoming this season. So I I think that that's the team that I would probably go with in the ACC. I feel like they're they're going to be much more competent uh, in a faster pace than a lot of other teams are. 
not necessarily saying that they're going to beat Clemson or really challenge Clemson because, again, it's Clemson and everybody else. But I think Louisville is the team to keep a real close eye on. I think they were probably more improved last year than a lot of people wanted to give them credit for. Uh, but I do think that people were giving them credit. So I think uh, going into the SEC, well, LSU was certainly pretty improved last year. But I think that um, – you know, I think it's going to be the Florida Gators. You know, they've had two straight years now under Dan Mullen, uh, ending with, I believe, a New Year's Six Bowl victory. So I, I think Florida is going to be the, the most improved team. I really don't know if I would say anybody else is most improved. Uh, I certainly feel like Florida is already in position now to compete for that SEC East title. And if you just get to the SEC championship game, uh, who knows what happens. But I think Florida uh, with Dan Mullen is a good fit, and I think it's really paying off. Uh, dividends. I think that it could be Georgia this year. I, a lot of people are really liking Georgia, but uh, I, I would I would strongly consider leaning with Florida. Let's go out to the Big 12. Big 12 is interesting. I, I guess Baylor was the most improved team last year. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I think Matt Rule did a terrific job. That's why he's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, the turnaround that Baylor had, they were certainly the most improved team. Now, is it going to be something that carries over now with Dave Miranda as the head coach? We'll see. Uh, that's why I'm sort of reluctant to say that uh, they're going to be the most improved team. Certainly, they were the most improved last year. Uh, and I really do like uh, Dave Aranda as the head coach. Uh, but most improved, I, I don't know if I'm ready to say that that's something that's going to be lasting. I hope it is, though, because I do think that uh, that, that Baylor story, as far as uh, the turnaround that Matt Rule started there with that football program, uh, I think that it needs to continue. So I'm going to say Baylor obviously was the most improved team last year, being a team that went from the dumps like they were to playing for the Big 12 championship. It's hard to argue with that one, I say. And in the Pac-12, it's easy to say Oregon, and I'm a big Mario Cristobal fan. I have been for years, uh, but I think he's got Oregon back. <laughs> I really do. I think Oregon is now going to be the beast in the Pac-12. I think they've dethroned Washington. And, and now that Chris Peterson's retiring at, at Washington, yeah, I think that's Oregon's division for years to come. <laughs> so Mike Leach has already left. Chris Peterson's gone. If Oregon doesn't dominate that Pac-12 uh, North Division or North Division? Yeah, North Division. <laughs> I had to think if it was East-West, but yeah, it's North-South. If Oregon doesn't dominate that conference for a while, I'll be shocked. Uh, at least the division. Uh, down South, I don't know if there's any team that's more most improved uh, certainly Utah has been a continued growth since they've joined the Pac-12. I think Kyle Winningham has done a terrific job in building that program. I don't know if I would say they were the most improved team because they've been kind of on a steady, gradual incline uh, in the Pac-12 pecking order. Um, you know, Maybe Arizona State uh, probably still has a little bit more to do before I would say they were the most improved. And you know, maybe Oregon didn't really have a whole lot of ground to make up. It's just that Washington had been the class of the division and the conference for a couple of years and while Oregon was going through some some changes that they were kind of flying under the radar. But to me, I'm going to go with Oregon. So I'm going to go Oregon Pac-12, Baylor in the Big 12. I'm going with Florida in the SEC. Uh, I think I said Louisville in the ACC and Minnesota in the Big 10. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Nittany Alliance podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for subscribing on all of your favorite podcasting apps, whichever one you may be using, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. They all work as far as I'm concerned, and I'm just appreciative of your support with the subscription to the podcast. And if you've left a rating and leave a review, I thank you very much for that feedback and support as well. 
So make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you leave a rating. Make sure you leave a review. Let me know what you thought about today's episode and what you want to see from future episodes coming up. Of course, you can also reach out to me on Twitter by hitting up our Twitter account at LockedOnNitney and check out our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNitney. Letting you guys know right now there is a plan for this Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern on our Facebook page to do a little bit of a live video chat. I haven't exactly tried it very much before, and I want to try and make that a uh, little bit of a regular thing, especially in the off season. and we'll really gear up and ramp it up once the season hits in the fall. But I want to give it a try, see what you guys think about it, see what we think about it. Maybe we can incorporate that into the podcast in some way as well. But yeah, Facebook Live Chat, 4 p.m. Eastern this Friday. So go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Give it a like and stay tuned for the alerts on that as well. And of course, you can reach out to me anytime. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can hit me up on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my national coverage of college football on AthlonSports.com and on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk. If you want some Penn State commentary, we're going to try and get NittanyLionsDen.com up and running again with some regular content there in addition to these podcast episodes. So make sure you check that out as well. So thank you once again for listening. Go ahead and go 1-0 today, or if you have already gone through your day, hopefully you went 1-0 today, and come back soon. We'll talk some more Penn State football with you right here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll talk to you later.